What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts today, Alex Van Aken. Today, I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Hello. I'm doing okay. We had kind of a rough week at Game Informer, which we'll get into soon, but you know, yep. I feel all right. I ate some Starburst jelly beans. <laughs> okay. The seasonal candy to, to the cure help all. Me. The cure all. Yeah. Uh, we're also joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? Hey, I'm okay. Happy Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Day. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then uh, rounding us out, a special and returning guest, uh, Destructoids, Eric Van Allen. You might know him from Acts of the Blood God or Normandy FM. Uh, welcome back to the show eric happy rebirth here on game is my rebirth on the game informer show i'm really excited about this <laughs> yeah is that like a baptism kind of thing a little situation? bit it's just like a okay, like yeah. a confirmation is that what we're doing yeah yeah okay yeah sure. let's like dive yeah. into our religious background just from the yeah, start we should know? talk we should totally <laughs> do that that sounds great is, that, is um, baptism good podcasting the third final fantasy game is that what it's going to be called <laughs> yeah, well, i think it's got a Mm-hmm. Rebaptism. Or, I was gonna say raptism, which would be a sick rap album Ooh, name, actually. Yeah, <laughs> raptism. It's, it's disappointing that you've shared that, Marcus. You should have kept that to yourself and yeah. sold yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, sold it. No one bite that title. I'm gonna use it. Register raptism <laughs> on go get godaddy.com <laughs> and just park that URL. <laughs> um so yeah, uh real quick, Eric, you're joining us on a weird week, obviously. Blake was laid off yesterday, Blake Hester. Uh, as part of a reduction in workforce across GameStop. Uh, it sounds like there were a lot of folks impacted. I'm not sure the the total amount of number, and I'm pretty sure I'm not even allowed to say if I knew. But yeah, Blake Blake was let go yesterday, and it's been really, really sad. Uh, you know, we are all, all of us, including Eric, are, I mean, I think Eric goes back with Blake longer than any of us. Yeah, yeah, I knew him back when we were both like early freelance writing days. Uh, and Blake is quite simply like one of the best writers in the industry. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, he is yeah, fantastic. Genuinely, yeah, yeah. I think I, I was reminiscing yesterday about every. I think my favorite pieces that I've worked on at Game Informer stemmed from some kind of conversation or brainstorm with Blake. Um, whether that's a documentary or like. Even some of my written reporting, like the the Mario mascots piece about the guy drowning almost in the Yoshi costume. Those are like things that I was like, hey, Blake, I have this idea. What do you think about this? And he was always great at like, yeah, the idea sucks or yeah, that idea is awesome. <laughs> and here's how you should make it better. Um, and yeah, it was it, it's really, really sad. But we want we want to, you know, rather than focus on, uh, I guess, the. The, the emotions that we're feeling and stuff uh, focus on sending Blake support. So yeah, uh, I think we want to just like real quick tell you, and it doesn't even have to be real quick, but like at the start of the show, we want to tell you where to find Blake, uh, where to keep up with him. Uh, if any, any, any uh, editors out there are listening or uh, leadership and editorial who, who might need a new hire. Uh, I think Blake, Blake, Blake was doing a lot behind the scenes that, frankly, his title didn't reflect. He was essentially a, a working as a features editor at Game Informer and was was largely, um, you know, he was one of the people that helped spearhead, I think, 
predominantly he spearheaded the early features um freelancing freelancing features that we kind of kicked off um during the last set of layoffs uh to help keep game informer afloat a lot of that was blake's idea and he uh rose to the occasion and really helped us um find new voices um and uplift them and like bring um really respected voices to the magazine um and really just helped shape what what game informer magazine is now um where you know you open it up and you've got this this widespread of um reporting and features and opinions from people all over the games industry not just those of us at game informer and i think the magazine is better because of that um and, and blake played a huge part in in researching rates and like helping us to helping our leadership to establish you know freelance rates that are better than almost anywhere in our industry um you know helping to find uh you know he, he was the one who who got the pitches and like brought them to us like he'd be like okay i've gone through all of our pitches let me bring it to the group what do we think blake was just so instrumental in doing that on top of like his own original reporting i mean obviously like his his legacy his He's written for many other sites than just Game Informer. You know, he was the guy who broke the the Rockstar's agent story. Um, yeah, he has some like awesome Tony Hawk pieces out there for for Game Informer. He did what I think is like the definitive Dead Island Two piece, which yeah. is like this is what happened with Dead Island Two overall. Yeah, inside how like yeah, inside the Jaeger's failed attempt at making Dead Island Two originally. Yeah, and it's that's it's a so, Game Informer piece. To to add some levity here, it's to have conversations like this, like this is not an obituary blake is know, still out there he's awesome and he's available for work and he's and he's as far as i know i mean we've talked to him a little bit his plan is to continue to keep writing uh where he can so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing more work from absolutely him and, you know, yeah um yeah a uh, questionable yeah, think, taste uh, in music though that guy uh <laughs> whoa hold on hold on hold on Blake's got some. He only listens to no, music I'm from Kentucky. Kidding. Blake Blake has a very. He's <laughs> all over the map. He likes with music. Nickelback a little bit. You know, it's it's all right. At one point in time, we were in a car ride together, I'm, and he told me Nickelback was his favorite band, and that I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. That. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it a secret. So, everyone else. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing you're. Everybody you're keep it cool. That. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. Uh, but uh, if you do want to find him um, professionally, go over to his website, blakehester.rocks. It's got samples of all of his work, uh, including a lot from from his past and his time at Game Informer. I was looking through at them. I was like, man, this guy just puts out banger after banger. <laughs> exploring Tokyo late at night with Akumi Nakamura. Yeah, uh, I was there with Shibuya him for that. With Tango. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, not for, were, we were in that. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever gotten to meet Blake in person after only working remotely was that oh, first right. trip to Japan yeah. where we were there for almost a week and a half. and. We went. We did uh, another piece that I really loved from him, which was the main reason we were there. Where the big was the big like uh, RGG piece, uh, the Oxygen mm-hmm. team going, where him and I sat in a boardroom with like the RGG seven, like all the like lead guys just in front of us, and it was this very like intimidating atmosphere. And I was very impressed with how Blake, you know, handled himself, and like you know, obviously asked a lot of really smart questions, and I was kind of recording it for him. But like that trip on Tokyo, like, you know, we got to know each other a lot better. I was like, because I've known Blake even before GI. I don't even know if he remembers how we met, but I actually had him on an old podcast I used to run years and years ago. And that was the first time I'd ever like spoken to him. And he was gracious enough to come on that. I was like in 2016, 17, maybe. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, that RGG piece is great. And also the piece that I did for um, the uh, Kabukicho tour that we did with Jake yeah. Alistine, uh, like that was something I collaborated on with Blake. Like we came up with that idea together. Like it was my thing, but it wouldn't have been as good as it was without his ideas and also just like his editing with how to approach something like that. Because I've never really written a lot of sort of like like travel pieces like that um so like his input on that was like invaluable so he was like very very instrumental for helping that turn out as well as it did so you know yeah mm. yeah so shout um, out blake big time shout we're, out we're blake for you yeah blake hester.rocks is his website uh you can of course follow him on uh twitter at metallica is rad and go and listen to his gaming podcast uh with jacob geller it's called something rotten and they talk about the very grimy dirty video games that uh that you know that very much has blake written all over them uh every time they announce uh, a new game they're covering i'm like yeah that's i can't define what it is that makes it a something rotten rotten game but you guys are right like this Mm -hmm. this is another one yeah (laughs) yeah go 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 watch every appearance he's had on the game informer show because i've always loved having him in the podcast because he was Never dull, never a dull moment with Blake. <laughs> no, no. And need definitely to do like a compilation make... of like best of Blake on the GI show. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess. I guess. We'll we'll move on. We'll start the show proper. But, uh, yeah. Um, rest in peace, Blake Hester. <laughs> Um, don't say that we already had one reader think we were dead (laughs) yeah somebody thought me and marcus were dead one week because charles fair though blake put out an obituary image yes blake Blake was like the r.i.p joke (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's true (laughs) yeah uh but no for real go support blake uh hopefully you'll see him around here you know occasionally i'm not sure if he's open to that or not but we'd love to have him um the door is always open um and yeah importantly just go go hire him Hi, you're you know? Blake. All right, let's get into. There's there's a lot of games this week. We're going to be talking about Balatro probably first. Unicorn Overlord with Eric. He's that is his beat. He's he's put his flag in the ground. I own this game. Wait, is, <laughs> yeah. that, is that a Vanillaware beat or specifically Unicorn Overlord? Both. 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 Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I have to come to you to get a code because you're in charge. Well, hey, hey, this this ain't no no collusion situation. It's just uh, <laughs> I I I am I'm trying to make myself the de facto voice because I have uh, a sicko obsession with this game. And gotcha. uh, yeah, it's the the demo came out just recently and is pretty much uh, affirmed much of what I thought was going to be good about this game. So we can talk about that. Yep, we'll talk about that. Uh, Penny's big breakaway. Uh, last week, we had a big dive into Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and our review of it. Uh, we're going to talk more about that today uh, and then possibly more depending on timing. But uh, it's going to be a packed show. Uh, let's get started. Marcus, you reviewed Balatro for us, the roguelike poker game that we talked about last week. Uh, it's all I've I've. I've put 30 hours into this game. Me too. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm close to to that. Yeah, I was checking Steam and I was like, "There's no way that's real." Um, Time melts away. It does play that game. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so, um, kind of tell us what your overall your, your where you landed uh, with the game in, in regards to your review. So I, I guess right off the bat, my score I gave it a nine point five, which is actually the highest score I've ever given a game informer. Uh, who would have thought? Oh, is that it really? Be, oh, yeah, wow. I think okay. prior to that. 
I think uh, it might have been Diablo 4 or something else. I think it gave okay. like a 95. But in general, I, I think I've rarely given nines to things. I don't know why. You guys keep giving me bad games. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, take it up with Brian Shea. But uh, but yeah, 9-5. And it felt like maybe one of the most confident like high scores. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. This is where I, this feels right. Um, I I love this game. It's it's so good. It, it's just, you know, we talked about it last week about what was like, clicking for for us and it's i think that love and like appreciation for its design has only sort of deepened as i put more time into it like you know it's gotten so bad to where like towards the end of like my i guess review period of it i like put a bunch of hours i've stayed up to like well into like two in the morning several nights this week because of that game specifically and like it was after one of those nights i went to bed and you know i i you know washed up got ready and then, but even that separation between playing it and getting ready for bed, I was already like, I kind of want to do another run, but then I'd have to get <laughs> back up and go into the office and, and fire up Steam. So I bought the game on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> like Just immediately, like 2 a.m., <laughs> I bought the game on Switch and downloaded it and started playing it. So now it's even worse because now I have a handheld version of it. <laughs> well, I had a, qu- a question about that, actually, because... I- like so you're playing it on steam and switch is it the kind of game where you feel guilty about making progress in one version and not another or is it like is it is it is it so kind of you start over every time that it that it feels okay it's so randomized like i don't mind it it's the same thing as vampire survivors where i bought you know i started out on steam and then played the xbox and then got the switch version and to me it's like the way bolotro like doles out uh cards it there's so many cards you can get and you know you never know what order you're gonna encounter things whereas like i found things in the switch in my switch playthrough that i have not found yet on steam okay and i kind of like that they feel like their own little universes basically right pretty much have to build my deck a certain way on switch based on what i found there and then you know i have more options on steam because i put more time into it but even then, I'm like, oh, this was a good card on Switch. And it in turn makes me excited to go to Steam because I was like, oh, I want to see if I can find that one here. You know, I, I haven't done this yet, but I've also it just dawned to me like, oh, I could probably if I have a good one on Switch, I should take that seed and plug it into Steam and see if oh. that works. <laughs> oh, I bet it does. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Because then I can just run into those cards that I haven't found yet, uh, which is the other cool thing. I don't think we talked about this last week, Alex, like the seed stuff. I don't know how, how much you've messed with it, but I. There's like a whole like Reddit like culture around like people sharing their seeds to try to help each other out because they'll be like, oh, I haven't beat the game yet. Or like, like, hey, I, I had a really good run where I got like these really powerful cards. Here's my seed. Maybe it'll help you win. And I've been like plugging in some people's just to mess around with that. And that just adds like, I did not need that to keep playing this game. <laughs> but that <laughs> has added another element of like, well, I got to see what these do because I haven't found this card. <laughs> so. You know what card I, I discovered? It was either yesterday or the day before. And I don't know. Is, is sharing a card a spoiler in Bolatro? No. No, I don't think I don't so. Does one no. card kill the other card at the end of Bellatro? Is that oh. is that the spoiler? Actually, it, it turns it out descend uh, down with a really long playing card and stab the uh, other. <laughs> it turns into a co op shooter at the end. Oh, uh, okay. we have to kill each card has to kill itself. Uh, that's a reference I will not be explaining because it would spoil a, a big game. Not a big game, but a game. Um, okay. I'm trying and... to figure out which one you spoiled. I'm like, what? What? Are you talking about? And it came Splinter out within the last. 
No, no, it's a co-op game. Oh, okay. Oh, he's talking oh, about I the don't. end of Double Dragon when the player one and of two course. have to fight each other. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yes. Wait, did Double Dragon yeah. really end that way? Yeah. One of, like, yeah, that's like when you play co-op, you you fight over Marion at the end. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. huh. that was that was a big innovation at the Dragon, time. So. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, I got a card that disables the boss blinds ability. I got that card permanently. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have it in your card. The boss blinds do not matter. That was like yeah. a legendary one, right? But you can only use it once, yeah. right? No. no, no, no. It's throughout the oh, whole run. Oh, okay. So I got one that did it for one boss. I thought you were talking about oh, that. Th- I've not got like, a permanent one. There are legendary jokers, and I've only found two of them. I found oh. that one once, and then I found another one that was like you get a times five to your molt, but only after you've discarded a certain number of cards after picking oh. the Joker up. And I got it on like anti six. So like there what? was there was no way I was getting it, but it was like times five on your multiplier. So if you had it like at the end of your Joker row, it would just like. Is that the white? Was it white? No, it was, it was called it was? Yorick. I think they all have oh, like okay. names. They don't have like. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, like Dark like Souls funny bosses. Joker names. Yeah. Yeah. The little <laughs> health bar appears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did not. Oh, see. Oh, now you're making me want to fire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what's cool about this game is it is like the secret aspect of it. Like, there's so many hidden cards in this game, and even though you have you know you have that database that kind of tells you like the number of available unlocks, but because there's like rarities to everything, finding stuff like that, which I I don't know if I've even found a legendary card unless I'm forgetting one. I feel like I would remember if I did. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like. The card itself, so every now and then you'll get a tarot card. Right. Tarot card. And it's like a diamond, like a weird looking diamond. Actually, if you follow the developer on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's their profile picture is the legendary Joker. Oh, okay. Uh, tarot card. Mm-hmm. And you activate it and it'll like, yeah, it'll give you a random one. Right. And I found two. I found a white one and a black or a white one and a red one. And the mm-hmm. red one, it starts like starts like C. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. But that's the one that would disable all boss blind effects. Oh my god, that would be a. Godsend. And I think I even had a negative version of it. Maybe I don't remember. Okay. Um, where like you get, I don't know. I had enough room. I at one point in time I had like seven or eight jokers, and it's been awesome. Oh yeah, when you get like a full, <laughs> even when you get like the full like standard five, you're just like, and you, yeah. you get the ones that complement each other. And that's what's cool about this game is that it feels designed in a way where so many different strategies feel viable, and like. You can kind of do what you want. Like, like I've built decks of like, I'm going to build a deck of like mostly spades and clubs because I just happen to get jokers that sort of like reward that. So I guess I'm just going to yeah. steer with that and just see how far I can get with that. Or I had one deck that worked better than I thought where I was like, I'm going to try to only have consecutive numbers of the same suit. So I can basically create straight flushes often like with like my odds of getting a straight flush have increased exponentially <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, my highest scoring the one i got I, so i've played a million score hand mm-hmm. uh and that was off of i had the pair of jeans joker oh um, yeah where it every time you play a two pair it levels up yeah oh, i got mine to like level 50 something yeah i play a lot of two pairs <laughs> me too but then i also had I believe I had the card that uh, every time you play the same hand, it adds to the multiplier. Yes. And then there's another card, and I don't think I had this one, but there's another card that uh, I would love to add to this combination where 
you have a chance of upgrading the hand you play whenever you play it and it just gets bonkers uh like you just start leveling up so much yeah and you know what i i didn't realize this till i bought the switch version because you know i had to go through the tutorial again and i mostly skipped it but there was one part that i didn't skip that i i think i just it didn't register beyond the initial tutorial on steam was like I didn't. I did not realize you could arrange the jokers because apparently the order that they are arranged matters. Of like the yeah. one furthest to the left starts first, and then it goes down the line. And then I I don't know. I must have like the very first time I played the game, I must have like just blanked on that one little tip. But then I was like, wait, because this could, like how how much does this matter? <laughs> A lot. And yeah, I have realized now. Again, I was doing well not knowing that, but now that I was like, okay, I can manipulate the order of operations here that's like another cool layer to like mess around with yeah for a pro <laughs> um, tip for listeners always move your multiplier jokers to the right to the right yeah you want that to be the last in the chain yeah like build up your points like if you have like chip then ones, ones, and then yeah like time wait it's literally like at the end okay like legit like real life math like order of operations like Mm-hmm. do it that way <laughs> uh, we all remember yeah. that from high school right we, we, i know I, i'm laughing Marcus, the way the way you pitch it, it, it i know this wasn't your intention but the way it came out of your mouth was kind of like this game's got like real math it's like really cool <laughs> i <laughs> put that, that in my math. review <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but like here's the thing i really love about bellatro is that i am a moron when it comes to <laughs> poker um Same. i don't make normal poker choices i i will be sitting there with like a two pair in my hand but i'm like oh if i like discard two cards i could get a flush <laughs> and yeah <laughs> Bellatro knows this about me it knows i'm stupid it knows i don't play <laughs> poker in a way that like a professional poker player wants to play poker but i play it more like i want to go for the risk i want to go for the the chance and it enables me to do that enables me it, it like with such a very small set of verbs that you can use in this game of just like play or discard card and like what you have in your deck, it does so much with how you can manipulate that and the choices that you have to make at any given point because you have things like the seals or stone cards that just start to shift the way that you think about your deck. So now you're going like, okay, well, I can turn this card into a stone card, which not only will give me chips when it's played in my hand, but it takes like a four out of my deck. So now like I have a lower probability of drawing that like useless four of hearts. And now I either draw a good card or I have a better probability of drawing a face card that I want to play or something like that. And it is just, it turns poker into slay the spire in a way that's really, really fascinating to me. And what's been really fun to see is that even poker players have been jumping on this and kind of realizing like how good the deck building life is because I saw someone post the other day that they were like all of poker Twitter is now just Bellatro Twitter and a lot of people (laughs) who do play poker and like get involved in those online rooms and stuff are just playing this instead and finding a lot to like about it. And I find that fascinating that take away like the gambling, but keep the odds, the probability, the math, the sort of like mental gymnastics that you're playing and then expand on that. And I Hmm. think it makes for a really, really compelling like inversion of what poker is, but finding like new breadth inside that. So yeah, a lot of rules. I'm glad to hear that because I sent it to my friend, shout out to my friend Skasa, who is not a big gamer, plays a video game every couple of years. And I was like, but he loves poker. So I was like, hey, everyone's, I haven't played this, but uh, 
people are freaking losing their mind over this thing. So that, that gives me that gives me some confidence that I, I was right to bug him with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I need to play this thing. Yeah, like it, it's probably my favorite game of the year so far. Wow. Uh, pretty confidently, it's if it's not in my top ten by the end of the year, then somehow this year was better than last year in terms of quality because <laughs> I just don't see a universe where that's the case. Like it, it feels like this year's Vampire Survivors in a weird way, and yeah, it's weird they have very yeah. similar. They have a very similar, like, satisfying, like, power escalation in their design yeah. of, like, you start out with, like, doing, like, chip damage, basically, of, like, okay, I play, like, weak hands and get weak chips, but it's enough to squeak by, and then, like, halfway through, like, the your climb of, like, okay, I'm an anti four, five, six, and the things are just, like, popping off <laughs> in a way, or you're like, oh, my God, there's so many numbers flying right now. My meter is on fire. Things are happening. How did I yeah. score so much with like a single, like I paid a high card. One card. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and then everything, just the dominoes have fallen in place. Like it's, it, it feels so satisfying and it even lets me flex my TCG brain a little bit, just in terms of like the psychology of deck building, you know, uh, Absolutely. in a way that I was not expecting. Uh, and it's just, it's just a snappy quick game, you know, like it's easy to just get in and out, which I appreciate about it. It's what makes it such a nice game to have on, like switch or you know if you have a steam deck of like yeah i can play like a couple blinds and then bounce and go do something else i, I want bellatro on the back of airplane seats like it should oh just my be God. there <laughs> for everyone to play on the back of airplane seats yeah it's total yeah. like touch you know just you need a finger to play the game that'd be make it happen spirit airlines a spirit specifically <laughs> uh is it on mobile? i feel like they would like it <laughs> me on it's, the airplane it's... playing bellatro as the side flies off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh to answer your question Kyle, it is not on mobile surprisingly okay. that seems like that's gotta happen right yeah, yeah i'm sure they're working on that i think this one out of like the breakout roguelites that have hit in recent years this is probably the one that's grabbed me the most. Uh, probably like I'm trying to think of uh, probably since Slay the Spire. Like I love deck builders more than uh, like this hits harder for me than Vampire Survivors did just because of the genre. Vampire Survivors, I really liked. It was a really cool game and deserves all the praise it got. But this one is hitting for my tastes much more, uh, much harder. Are you a... Uh... I, I feel like it's going to be take a long time to unlock every card in the game. I don't know how far you guys are with that. Um, but like, I'm wondering like if I, once I get to that point where I was like, I've seen everything, like, is, is that going to be like a sad thing of like, okay, I don't, I, like, it's still gonna be a fun game. It's like, oh, I don't have anything new to look forward to, which leads to the question of like, do you think they'll ever add more to this? Of like, Oh, oh like, I would hope so. Yeah. With, yeah. Like I, that's right. Another, that's where I hope the vampire survivors, I guess, comparisons come in of like, if you just keep putting out like, packs of cards <laughs> and like i will pay the money to get like here's 20 new jokers you know have fun yeah or something like yeah. that um so again i have no idea what this game's roadmap is if there is any but i i'm hoping that that is it because it's fantastic it is a fantastic game seems like it came out of nowhere which is always i, I love stories like that you know uh and yeah absolutely i will be playing this for the foreseeable future <laughs> all right Awesome. Uh, well, Eric, we're going to toss it over to you and Poe, your cat, uh, for video, video viewers. <laughs> <I love Poe>. um, <laughs> Unicorn Overload. 
Lord. Oh, not Lord. oh my God. Did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I said it. Freudian slip. Uh, Unicorn Overlord. Um, we, yeah, I, I want to know your thoughts on this game because this, the art style of Vanillaware games all, is always eye catching. Uh, this one is high on my list of games to play. Uh, and you're, you're, you know, you've, you've, you've put your flag down. Other people are <laughs> fighting bugs and robots, planting flags for democracy. Uh, and you're, you're planting them for Vanillaware. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, well, I, Eric, I'm before you start, it. I think you yeah. have to, as you're throughout this discussion, I think you have to do this the whole time. I must okay. represent, I, I must yeah, overload yeah. you with unicorns at all times. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, so for those who may not know, Unicorn Overlord is the latest from Vanillaware. It's a, they're a studio that kind of just does what they do, I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, they've made a lot of side-scrolling action RPGs that you might know, like Odin Sphere, Muramasa, uh, Dragon's Crown. They've also made a lot of weird games like Grim Grimoire and uh, my personal favorite, 13 Sentinels. And this is, in some ways, Vanillaware getting back to their roots because Grim Grimoire, uh, 13 Sentinels had aspects of real-time strategy and things like that. They also made a, like, I think a game that never came over here called Grand Knights Historia or something like that. Um, that was a tactics game. Uh, but they, uh, they're they also really digging into an aspect of tactics with Unicorn Overlord that I think is really fascinating because when you think of the tactics RPG genre, right? If I say it like a tactics RPG, the first thing you probably think of is grid, turn-based, hopping around. Like you probably picture Final Fantasy tactics, right? Or maybe Fire Emblem. Uh, and that harkens back to even further to tactics ogre. But the other flip side of the ogre series is the ogre battle stuff, which is more real time simulation. You're kind of moving units around on a large overworld map. And we haven't had a new one of those in a long time. Uh, we had ogre battle March of the Black Queen back on Super Nintendo. And then we had ogre battle 64. And then otherwise, like the genres kind of not really been all there. I mean, they, so, they remade one of those a couple of years. They ago, remade they? tactics ogre, uh, right. which was but under, but underserved is, is right. Yes, is sort of absolutely. The, yeah. um, and then tactics ogre is kind of in that, like it was basically the blueprint for what would become final fantasy tactics. Um, so this is interesting because it's not just a return to an old style from a different studio, but it's almost like going back to where like the tactics genre bifurcated, like where it, it split into, and you had the ogre battle stuff over here and the grid based stuff over here. And we don't see a lot of that, like real time uh, strategy stuff. Square actually put one out called Dio field. I don't know if anyone remembers Dio. Oh, field. Yeah. I remember you playing Dio that. field chronicles. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that name and being like, what a dumb name. <laughs> it comes with the territory, but Almost as dumb as unicorn overlord. I actually, I actually quite like that name just because it's so weird. <laughs> and like, it is it's it's wonderful in its own way kind of like triangle strategy uh which i think they should have just kept project triangle strategy i think all together kind of like how <laughs> 2xko should have just stayed project l i think that sounds cooler that's my opinion but uh yeah unicorn overlord you kind of run around on a big map you're an exiled prince from a kingdom that has been taken over by a big bad general uh you're raising the liberation army to reclaim your homeland it's pretty bog standard i would say and that's maybe my, like my largest slight against unicorn overlord is that 
I was playing it and I was like, yeah, this is like a Fire Emblem story for sure. Because 13 Sentinels is so story strong. Yeah. I think the the good stuff in Unicorn Overlord is going to be more in the side quests. I can talk about that in a second. But sure, sure. Uh, you walk around on the overworld and I almost said overlord. <laughs> you walk around on the, oh, o- the unicorn overworld <laughs> and uh, liberate these towns. And then you get into these battle maps where you have your units, like these, these squads that you deploy and send out. And you kind of issue them commands like it's a real-time strategy game. And okay. then when they bump into other units, enemy units they get into a fight it's like a six on six fight or however larger squads are uh you don't control that it just goes it's an auto battle oh the way that that battle goes is determined by what tactics you plug into that unit before you enter battle so if you've played final fantasy 12 you might be familiar with like the go on yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm a final fantasy 12 defender and i love the gambit system and you've just like triggered something like there's something that awakens in people when they hear the gambit system they're like go on (laughs) continue (laughs) uh so say like you've got this uh knight or like a cleric type character who can either hit people with their sword or heal somebody else uh you could just have them slice right and and when they go into battle if that's all you have on their tactics they'll just hit slice and they'll just hit somebody but say you want them to heal but only under certain conditions now you bump slice down to priority two and on priority one you put heal but only if the unit is under 50 percent health otherwise slice away and then let's say you only want to slice the highest health unit or a specific type of unit. You put that condition on there too. And then oh, and now you oh, get into no. like the the real, the sicko <laughs> stuff where no. you're just making these like lists of if then else statements all the way down for these fantasy units to go into this battle. So that way when you go in and okay, this this unit has like a flyer, uh, a hoplite who's like a big heavy armor dude and like uh, an archer or a thief or something. And so you're like, okay, well, the flyer, I want to shoot with the arrow. So I want to make sure my archer is prioritizing flying units when they go into battle. But the hoplite's a real problem, but the magic user in my party can take care of that. So they're going to prioritize that. And you just start doing all that. And then you just go in and you hit go. And part of me is a little like, you know, having commands menu stuff does make it a little bit more tactile in the moment. You know, if you're playing like a Fire Emblem, you go in, you say, okay, attack this person. Here, you kind of set it all up and let it go and you hope that it works. But it feels really rewarding when it does work because you feel like you've just solved a like uh, Zachtronics game puzzle (laughs) where you're (laughs) like, I have uh, become the unicorn overlord. I have solved the logic puzzle and now I have defeated the enemy squad. And you're doing this kind of on the fly. So in one mission, I was fighting in this bog swamp land and there were a bunch of like warrior units behind barricades. So I was deploying units who could deal with barricades and take on warriors. But then when I laid siege to a town later, they just had hoplites everywhere. So I had to like rearrange my squads and change up my tactics to be like, okay, how are we going to take out these big armored dudes? We got to get our magic users in there. We got to make sure they're protected. We got to make sure they're getting as many attacks off as they can. And you start playing that where you're just rearranging all these units and stuff before every battle in a way that feels very natural and fluid. Like you're responding to what the game is putting in front of you. And it just works. It really, really works. Uh, I I love this style of combat. I love that we're seeing somebody tackle this because we've seen so many, I think, 
tactics games recently. There's been a real yeah. resurgence of tactics games, and I love it. I, I'm a tactics sicko, but a lot of them fall under that Final Fantasy tactics umbrella of turn-based, grid-based, do your moves. Like P5 Tactica was solid, but it was like it was a P5 tactics game. It was what I expected from it. Uh, right. The new the the Metal Slug tactics game that's that's coming out looks like it's a a tactics game. You're gonna move stuff around on grid, turn-based, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, advanced wars tactics ogre all that uh this is like a very different kind of thing and it's got a very different verve to it that i think just really clicks and if you are that person who heard gambit and like perked up a little bit this is one to watch (laughs) i i can't stress enough like 2006 marcus playing final fantasy 12 and how like obsessive i've got with the gambit system when i realized what you could do with it and how you could basically break the game if you played your cards right which i did where i got to the point where like i didn't even have to touch the controller sometimes i was like no y'all got this <laughs> <laughs> they would just go in there and just wreck house and i i was always baffled at players that were like oh it's like boring or it's like you know you don't get to do anything it's like well you because that's the point like you got to get good enough with it to where you build like this like unstoppable like juggernaut of a party where like they can handle most things on their own occasionally you got to intervene and be like okay they the enemy's doing something i haven't accounted for i'll, I'll hop in but other than that i felt satisfied it was almost like a weird like auto battler it was basically vampire survivors like i just move a stick forward and then they <laughs> combat happens and i win because <laughs> it's really interesting <laughs> it's really interesting too because i think vanillaware does a lot of clever stuff to get you to engage with it you get to the point where normally other games want you to be picking up the controller and be really into it this game wants you to get to the point where you're so confident that you put the controller down but there are other things kind of like meta strategy things that still keep you engaging with it even when you're not doing commands in battle so you have emplacements on the map so like taking over a watchtower is really important because now you can put your archer unit up there and now the archer can support other units in battle so if you engage in a battle within range of that watchtower the archer can like rain arrows onto the enemy from it and give you that extra bonus when you do that fight uh other ones can create barricades like stop units or or just be little garrisons that will give you like bonuses there's all kinds of stuff like stamina so a unit can only do in action so many times before they need to rest and recuperate. Uh, So say it has like a stamina of five, you can like attack five things or you can seize different stuff. But once you've done five actions, you have to go into a rest mode. And when you're in rest mode, enemies get advantage on you. They get first strike on you before you get to respond at all. Uh, And now you're playing a game where you're like, oh, maybe I can exhaust the enemy and wipe them out that way. Or you have like a really exhausted unit and they're like hunkered down and they're kind of like, okay, uh, we're recuperating. And then an ambush unit comes out of the forest and they're like, we got you. And you're like, ah, (laughs) it's, I, I think it's really impressive the system that they've built because I, after playing the demo, they've got a demo out. It's a very generous demo. It's one of those ones where you can start the game, you play the intro, and then you get like a certain number of hours uh, into the game, however you want to spend it. And then it carries your save data forward if you want to end up buying the full game, which I think is like the best. I think Dragon Quest Eleven did that too. And that was like one of the best demos ever released. It's- it's that way on all platforms. Like, where, where are you playing? Yes, uh, okay, I was playing it on Switch, and I will say that it runs beautifully on the Switch OLED. Oh, oh my nice. lord! Okay. Vanillaware graphics on the Switch OLED is just 
It's beautiful. Uh, that makes me happy because that's where I requested code. Same, I, same. I still remember the, the first time I saw Odin Sphere oh and just gosh. being like, oh my God, what is this? I remember Vanilla I worked Ware. at a if you're yeah. watching this, put Odin Sphere on the Switch OLED. Yeah, <laughs> I don't ask for a is lot. That, is that remaster not on Switch? No, no, oh. it's, not. No, it's on PS. It's not on Steam 3. either. It's yeah. only on like PlayStation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fix that. That, that was like my actual, that, Odin Sphere was my introduction to Vanillaware. Uh, yeah. so Mine was a uh, Dragon's Crown. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's well, go. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear Unicorn. It's funny I, for all this talk of Vanillaware. I've actually never personally like really got hooked into any of their games as much as i admire them and mm-hmm. love looking at them it is one of those like uh my wife here you should play these i'll just i'll just watch <laughs> you, you do all the work and i'll just take in the art um but i'm happy to <laughs> I'm, I'm both happy to hear that this early look at unicorn overlord is exciting but also kind of like jesus christ 2024 like you've got to calm down it's been mm-hmm. like a dragon persona final fantasy and now Unicorn Overlord. And then I got to play Bellatro. I'm like legally obligated to play mm-hmm. Bellatro. Yeah. I'm yeah, still, yeah. I'm like <laughs> 70% through Prince of Persia. It's Oh, it's, you haven't finished gosh. it? Oh, no, yeah. I, pl- I play it 20 minutes at a time on a on a stationary bike. <laughs> so I've been doing that for a while. Uh, but no, it's this year has been uh, lunacy. Absolute lunacy. Yeah, it, yeah. We're, we're not hurting for good video games, which makes it really difficult. But uh I do. I like that this one runs well on Switch. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's it's meaty. There were some. I think Famitsu has already reviewed it, and they said it was about like forty to fifty hours if you want to just beat the campaign, okay. and then like upwards of a hundred if you want to be a completionist. So, add that on. It's really tough being someone who covers <laughs> RPGs. Let me tell you. Uh, I thought last yeah. year was difficult having to do like Baldur's Gate three and and Starfield and Octopath, and already in the first two months of this year. We've had how many 80 hour RPGs already? Yeah. Uh, so I think I saw Wes tweet today that apparently if you want to get because he normally goes after the platinums uh, and he's like, if you want to get the platinum and FF seven rebirth, it's going to be like 200 hours. And he was like, I'm I'm scared. You have that. to replay the whole game on hard and get every complete every chapter on hard to get that trophy, apparently. Yeah, I be curious if it's 200 because i i feel like a lot of those trophies you can already get in the base and then like i don't 100 percent. i have beaten rebirth i have not messed around much with the hard mode how new game plus stuff can like carry over through that um but i imagine that there's some carryover maybe it's not as like long to get through the main game i'd be curious to see what those hour counts are but because I know I we know somebody who is trying to get the platinum before this game comes out. And it sounds like it's been an ordeal for them. I was going <laughs> to say they've got, uh, I guess, at the time. Of recording, oh, is that the person I've heard <laughs> screaming in discord at like 1 a.m.? <laughs> Look, sometimes yeah. it just happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of really big games. And I, I know people who are still like, I'm still trying to get through Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, not me, but I, I've almost beaten Baldur's Gate 3 twice at this point. But uh, I, I'm talking to other people who are like, oh, I still haven't beaten Baldur's Gate 3 or I haven't beaten Octopath or I haven't beaten I shoot Final Fantasy 7 remake wasn't even that long ago. And there's still people who are like, I should probably finish that game before Rebirth. Yeah, comes I out. mean, a lot of people are, have gone back to remake now with mm-hmm. Rebirth coming. Like, I guess I should finish this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you for that rundown, Eric. I am. 
I didn't know it was like the Gambit system for for the combat. Me neither. I I was I was gonna play the, the game first anyway. Thing but... they say it should be like yeah. on the box. Like we have Gambit system featuring yeah. the Gambit the... system from Final Fantasy twelve. <laughs> it's just yeah. in the corner of the Final Fantasy twelve yeah. logo. <laughs> but in the in the Dante text in the featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or the Funky Kong on the the Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Gambit box. mode included, yeah. but it still just has Funky Kong there. uh well let's get into penny's big breakaway uh i think kyle marcus and i i don't know if you had a chance to touch it yet eric um no not my Uh, genre that's fair yeah uh the three of us have been playing penny's big breakaway um the uh new platformer from the team behind sonic mania evening star i believe um and yeah, what I, I want to know what your all's thoughts are because going into this, I was really excited, uh, but I didn't know much about the game. I kind of knew the pedigree, 3D platformers, which I love, um, and and accept them for often being flawed in like just their core design. <laughs> are you talking about like collectathon Her- stuff? Or- More so like cameras and just like. Mm. I, I love I love 3D platformers, but like I feel like very few of them get it really right, you know? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a surprisingly hard genre to crack correctly, right? Like yeah. not, yeah, yeah. not everyone wrong. can be Mario Galaxy, the best 3D platformer ever made. Uh I mean some would say that's Mario Odyssey uh, or Galaxy. Super I, Mario I Bowser's know, Fury. Marcus on this one. It's Galaxy. <laughs> they nailed it. <laughs> I love Odyssey to death, but I'll yeah. I'll still take both Galaxy games over it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I have not played much of Penny, admittedly. Like I'm not I, I want to play more. I'm pretty focused on Rebirth. Like that's where I'm I'm still spending my time. But um there's a there's kind of an, a a hard to define sort of mood and tone vibe as the young people would say of like a sega saturn game and like early dreamcast that i feel like penny is nailing and like doing correctly but without you know the drawbacks of that era of platformer where it's like it feels contemporary and modern it feels very good to control but it just has this weird dreamlike tone that kind of reminds me of like nights into dreams in a way that i like uh, so like yeah. even, even if I like I, I haven't like I said I haven't played very much of it but like my first impression was positive I was like I just want to hang out in this place more this is a yeah. weird place yeah I'm more like I I've only I'm still in the first world you know this game uh, for those that don't know it surprise launched last week uh, in the what was it the Nintendo Direct yeah the partner uh, so that's why we were all just like oh I guess we got to play this now suddenly <laughs> we got to fit this in um, but like I you know the the character Penny has a like a ascension yo-yo as like her her main traversal mechanics. You can like throw, you can like sling it at enemies. You can like spin it around you. You can use it to to swing off of things. And there's probably other abilities that I haven't um like encountered yet. You can ride on it, like just jump on top of it and sort of like ride around and move faster. And I think all those abilities are are pretty fun so far. Like I, I think the yo-yo. Uh, just for its versatility, like it feels good, and I like mess around with it. I also like that you can swing in midair, like because you can lash it on the points, but you can also just jump and then just like hold the button, sh- hold the button, and she'll just you. swing, which is like yeah, I don't cool. need to. Exp- yeah, like I-, I like that you can do that pretty much uh, at will, and I- I'm curious to see how the level design sort of uh, challenges you to use that in interesting ways. 
Um, so I guess like the biggest compliment I can give it right now is that it plays well. Like it feels nice to, cause I'm a big, I'm a big platformer guy. Like, I think that's probably my favorite genre is like, cause I grew up with platformers, 2d and 3d. Um, and so like, you know, good jumping and, and maneuverability is like super important to me. Cause that's like the make or break. Right. And I think so far it's, it's, it's making me happy in that regard. And for like one, it just feeling good, but also just how unique it feels with the yo-yo stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, and just poking around that world, like, you know, we don't get a lot of like old school 3d platformers anymore, which is like a shame or even new ones for that matter. <laughs> um, like ration and clank is kind of the only series that's still this trucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? that's right. I mean, there's been a couple that have stood out as being fun. Um, but yeah, the, in terms of like, re- yeah, continuous series. So we get a Mario every like five or six years. Sonic. And a Ratchet and Clank every now and then. Eh, Sonic. Yeah, it's kind of like Mario Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sonic still <laughs> exists. They're not leave good. <laughs> they, I'm just saying they still are happening. Yeah. yeah. I, uh. so I, I like a lot of things about this game. Uh, but I think, I think there are parts of that I don't like, unfortunately. Like <gasps> I. How could you yeah, I mean, I you've played the most out of the three of us. I, yeah, I so I'm on the see. second world. Yeah. Okay, I I do I do agree with you. It it does feel like almost like a Knights into Dream esque world. Like everything's a little, it's just weird. Um, and what I think is a good way, the color palettes, uh, I think are like in some ways like ugly but in a charming way it's in like, that 90s way where you look back yeah, at early like, 90s fashion and go like what all primary colors like orange yeah, and purple like, together but like super saturated not in like a yeah like tasteful way like very like ah in your face you know yeah. yeah but it works for the game i think um and like has a distinct style like when i when you get to the second world i don't want to spoil what it is um uh, but you know, it, it very much sticks with that um, that idea. And I, I guess it's not really a huge spoiler. It's it's a water world, um, I, and and the way they use water is it, it instantly feels like a new level compared to the first one, which That's very cool. much re- relies on um, rail systems and um, kind of more basic platforming, right? Uh, but I, I think where I think the yo-yo. There are times where the yo-yo feels incredible and other times where it feels like, why is this in the game? Really? Uh, in I, terms of like when you're quick? riding on the yo-yo. Oh, okay. Can I ask real quick? How are you controlling yeah. the yo-yo? Because you can either hit, I'm playing on PlayStation, so like you can either hit you square can use the stick. or you can use a stick. And I use the stick first just by default. And I thought that was the only way to do it until I saw a prompt saying you can use both. And I, yeah. like, I, I'm curious, like, because I, I think I'm landing a little bit more on the stick for just attacking enemies because the precision feels better. I use the stick for, you can kind of do like a roundhouse. That too. You can swing it yeah. around. Like I'm kind of switching between the two because there's certain uh, platforming platforms that require, there's like screws and you have to jump on top of them and unwind and spin, them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also poles you have to get on and like use the stick. I like the, I like how my hands are moving around on the controller. It's like, it does not feel samey. Like yeah, it, but it doesn't feel like a gimmick either. Like it, it just kind of naturally fits. Like it feels like core um, to the game. Yeah, yeah, I think like when the game's at its best is when you are combining all these moves together. Like I'm dashing, I'm I'm doing I'm doing the swing in the air, and then I'm whipping my uh, my yo-yo underneath me and hitting the ground and riding on it. But sometimes the yo-yo when you're riding on it feels way too slow. 
like they've kind of got this chart the sonic spin ability essentially where like you charge it up and then you dash forward but unless you use that charge ability it's really hit or miss on whether you're going to like have momentum with your yo-yo riding and like when you when you jump into that yo-yo to ride on it and you barely move forward it is it just kills the momentum um and i think also there there are a lot of uh like if you want to be a collectathon person which i like to do in 3d platformers um there are routinely one of the main uh avenues for which you do that is you're riding down these ramps in the level and i have i will like stop what i'm doing stop the flow of gameplay to like line my character up on this ramp and then ride down on my yo-yo and still it will not i will not hit all of the all of the 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 coins as they are and having to run back up the slope almost and i i've tried so many different ways it's the problem is you can barely like turn when you're in that yo-yo mode it's really wide turns there's not a ton of control and so it ends up feeling like I'm just bad when like I stopped and like, I swear I'm lined up perfectly. I think either they need to adjust like how, how quickly you can turn in that yo-yo mode or increase the size of the hitbox of the, the collider of the coins. Uh, like it's more, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I've had because... that problem too, but I, I think I, my thing was cause the game has fixed camera angles. I don't think we've talked about that. Like you don't freely yeah. control the camera and oh. it works like the camera adjusts in ways you need to see in a pretty natural way. But the only time it's gotten in a way has been the yo-yo rolling. Cause I'll yeah. like line myself up like, Oh, I'm going to barrel and get all these coins. And then I'll just like go a look too far to the left or right. And I, I think the camera angle miss, like, makes it harder. Them. It like looks like the perspective makes it look like you're straight, but then you're actually not. Yeah. Nothing that, that feels awful. Yeah. Uh, and again, <laughs> I, since it was early, I was like, maybe it's a me thing. Maybe I just haven't gotten no. a handle on it or no, it is like, I've I've put probably two three hours two hours uh, not three okay uh, in and like almost every slope I'm like am I gonna get it this time am I not mm. it's the biggest and, letdown because you want to feel cool and get that yeah. satisfaction you're just like I just whiffed it so bad <laughs> yeah and I'm like this it leaves me like really frustrated when I have to turn around and then there's also <laughs> the, awkwardly walking collecting another thing uh, of this game that I don't yeah. like that I think this I don't know if it needed to be in this game and maybe they'll do some cool stuff with it. But the penguins, have you interacted with the penguins? Yeah, much? I'm still figuring out. Cause it's like, they do this thing where like, okay, there's a bunch of penguins. And if they all jump on you, like if you get more than five or whatever, five it or is, six, then you, yeah. I guess then you, you die. They capture you. They're okay. enemies, but they're not yeah. like, it's not like, Oh, enemies. I need to go beat them up. It, like it functions differently. It's they it like, they like you. try, they're swarming you yeah. and you have to like swat them away with your yo-yo, but you got to do like multiple times. You'll hit them and then back. I feel like I'm still and trying sometimes to figure out. 50 of them on screen and when you're when that's happening and you're trying to go down these slopes to get the coins and you have to I've there I've, I've like lost because like I turn around I want to go get that coin I missed on the slope and oh here's 50 of these penguins and you know there's ways around them you can like they'll follow your path so you can jump off the side of the level and like do that hanging swing thing midair right as they all jump off or, the level or you could do that like that dash that you have before dash yeah yeah to get away but yeah, yeah. I feel like that. There are some parts in this game where I'm like, "Why are the penguins here?" <laughs> That's they a good are point. making this not fun. Yeah, I actually forgot uh, about them till now. But I think 
too. They get more atrocious as you go on. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, but, yeah. um, I think to me, yeah, they feel antithetical because I feel like what the game is trying to do is sort of like to a degree, like promote like a flow of movement with like the yo-yo. And they feel yeah. like they're there to actively slow you down. Because when you get even one on you, you like slow down and you just have to try to wiggle desperately to get off. But then because like you mentioned, there's so many of them that you're like, I don't even want to fight these guys. I just kind of want to move on and just have fun jumping around doing stuff. I wish I could just, yeah. you know, I wish I could turn them off or just like kill them a normal way. Like, can I just hit them once? Because like I like throwing the yo-yo at things. So I'd be like, oh, it'd be cool if these were regular anyway. I could just swat them as I'm moving and they go flying and then yeah. like, I don't even have to stop. I just go, boop, you're gone and then swing and have fun. Yeah, when they latch onto you and slow you down, oh, it infuriates me. Yeah, that's, they're, I, I don't know about, yeah. <laughs> that being said, I like the game and I'm going to try to finish it. It feels like a really good, and again, I'm two hours in, like I could, I've also heard from people who are reviewing this game behind the scenes that the first half really plays like a Sonic game and the second half plays more like Super Mario Odyssey. And I really want to get to that part of the game. You get a cat see that's talking true. hat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like just like the level design and like the like the mechanics they're using and how you use them. Um, I really want to get to that portion because my favorite parts of this game are like exploring the levels, finding the nooks and crannies, finding the secret levels, uh, finding, um, you know, the collectibles and hard to reach places. That's when the game's at its best. It feels really fun to do that. Um, like I know I've been harping on the things I don't like about it. I think that's because I'm I'm disappointed uh, because I don't like it as much as I wanted to. But I do like the game, and I think it does some really cool stuff. And I think it's still worth get. I think it's still worth playing. I think it's like one of those one of those games that reminds you that like you know, like a really good seven game where you're like I know this game isn't perfect and it has some it has you know, some, some noticeable flaws, but I really want to like it. And so I'm going to like it. They, they made some choices. It's right. Dio like field. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, I, we're, I think we're, a lot of platformer games fall into that category to be fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, again, we don't get a lot of them and then a lot of them tend to be homages to older ones than something wholly original. A lot of yeah. times, mm-hmm. um, like you kind of have, to, it is kind of the established franchise that they're like, okay, here's the next big step in in this whether yeah. it's like a ratchet and clank rift apart or a mario a mario odyssey or anything but yeah yeah i i mean again like i said we're both or all of us are still relatively early and i've heard similar sentiments that you heard alex where like the game starts to cook the further you go in and that i've heard yeah. like the the parts that we're on are like the worst parts of the game <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that which, which uh, is like hearing it gets better is like encouraging i guess it, so it, it feels like a game which which definitely goes along with what you guys are saying where you're like playing it and maybe you're hitting a wall here and there where you're like ah oh, this I, I feel like i'm getting slowed down i feel like i'm not moving as fast as i should where it's like it's the more you practice the more you get into the rhythm yeah. of the thing definitely and, and it's hard but it's hard to be like that will definitely happen as i keep playing after we've only played like an hour yeah. or two like it feels like i can get better at this i think you and know? it's also hard to get better when you're being attacked by these <laughs> yeah, constantly yeah, and you're like can't don't you don't really have a space to practice all that much right um yeah. can we pencil the because he the penguins work for what's his name eddie emperor eddie which is a funny yeah, name for an I, emperor the um, story in this game is you're not here for the Ridiculous. story. <laughs> no, no, weirdly no. Oh, okay. um, 
Um, like I think you could skip the cutscenes in the game and be fine. Yeah. Uh, if you're like just itching to play, it was like a music I was, like, contest this... or something. I was yeah, like, this yeah. is the story. Also, is anyone uh, okay. horrified by Penny's yo-yo? Because when that thing comes alive, I was like, I, I don't. I'm also I horrified by Penny by... herself. <laughs> I, I think Penny is very. Uh, unsettling i just i feel like the uh, yo-yo looks like this weird like eldritch horror <laughs> like just this thing with sharp yeah weird big teeth and a big old tongue no eyes like it's just like I, yeah. is this supposed to be an endearing like companion <laughs> I, I don't know. yeah but again it kind of plays into that like gross like early 3d surrealism like, yeah like yeah models thing. that you don't you can't tell what they are, right? Like, if you go back to, like... I only just realized on my last session that Penny is supposed to be, like, a jester. <laughs> oh, like I guess a, that makes like sense. Like a, a buster. About that. A buster. Yeah. Well, I'm pulling up a picture of, of this character. And I was like, oh, that makes sense <laughs> because this is a music competition and sh- and Penny dances at the end of the level. Oh, yeah. That threw okay. me off guard, by the way. Like, I remember dropping the controller because I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I see the prompts. Like, wait, oh, 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 things are happening. <laughs> and I to... Oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> That's a jester. All right. See, my I looked at this, like the color scheme, the like the wings on the head and everything. My first thought was Buck Bumble. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see, yeah. no, I see secret- Jester now. Yeah. Oh, is this secretly a new Buck Bumble game? Is that what Christian wants? That's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I am like, that's the game. I've been playing on Steam Deck. Um when this I'm not playing Balatro. Oh, are you playing Balatro on Steam Deck? Yeah, yeah, I am. I I switched between the two. Yeah, okay. Um, but it plays great there. Cool. Yeah, I, w- I want to play more. Always nice to see these wholly original, you know, uh, games come out. I mean, the the developer like they made the best Sonic game of the last ten years. Like they could have yes. just gotten into Sonic Zone, you know, <laughs> which I think that's what, what that's right after Green Hill Zone. I think Sonic Zone. But um, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. but for them to like branch off and like we're gonna do something that's totally our our own. It's like yeah, it's commendable. You know, I, I want yeah. I want people to do yeah. that. Yeah, I'll probably finish it. Yeah, I'm planning to. I I uh there's a lot of levels in this game. You get one thing that they do that's really cool, and I wasn't sure if it was like just part of the review unit, review copy. I think it's for everyone. They have a debug menu that you can access, uh, where you can just go and just pick your level. And I haven't I haven't I don't know if like you can do like full debug. Can you take out the penguins? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> uh but there was like a debug level selector, and that's how I know there's a ton of levels in this game. Yeah, because it's eleven worlds, and I, I forget yeah. how many like I guess acts are in each world. But... The first one there was like four or five acts. Oh yeah, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I do um, worry that that is just your version, Alex. I think, but uh, yeah, maybe it was sure. just three. <laughs> you just got a weird copy. Well, like, well, in not, the not main, weird. Me- I mean, we get like, in the main builds. menu. It's like in the in the GUI, the GUI. <laughs> Uh, the, the consumer facing gooey. UI, yeah. Uh, so it feels like it feels like it's integrated into the main game as a yeah, because yeah. we it's totally like with- we get builds sometimes, and there are like you know you can go into a menu and skip to the to where you need to. That's go, how you played you know? um, the RPG last year. Your favorite? RPG oh yeah, Sea of Stars for the cover yeah. story. I had a build um, that let me like hop around to play different parts of the game um, to write about for the cover story. We had a spreadsheet that was like this. This area you can go to, it, but it's not content complete. Right? So. Yeah, 
Yeah. Please don't cover it. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I, I don't want it to be a reviewer copy thing so much as I want it to be like Van Aken has stumbled into his own creepypasta story. <laughs> like you have a haunted <laughs> copy of Penny's. Yeah, is yeah. yeah. The, is Penny, Penny like hacking and... into your other your other programs? Do, do her yeah. eyes like turn red and then she speaks to you of unknown horrors? Yeah. Or is that just when you <laughs> walk across the screen, does her do her eyes follow so, you? Like, oh. She like looks directly <laughs> at the camera. Everyone else's yeah. computer is turning on in the middle of the night, right? Just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Penny has haunted my computer. Uh my my alienware. Let's get into some Final Fantasy 7 rebirth with with the time we have left. I want to I want to hear if you guys I've started the game. I'm very I'm still in chapter 1 being frank. But you've gotten past the prologue. No. Oh. <laughs> I am like I'm So technically you're not in chapter 1. So, so you like booted the game up. It then. says chapter 1 when I saved the game. Okay, then okay. Yeah. Uh I'm like, I'm early, okay? So I'm not going to talk about my thoughts, but I, I I booted the game up and I was like, I really want to get to Queen's Blood because I've heard so many good things about Queen's Blood. <laughs> that's pretty great. Uh, and by and the way, that's, yeah, that's like my main priority. The no spoilers maintains because I know no, people are particularly no. sensitive about this game, which I totally understand. But um, uh, yeah, as someone who's is not that interested in engaging with Queen's Blood, Rebirth doesn't really care about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like no you're gonna play queen's blood damn it and i'm like well it's kind of hilarious how I they introduce to? it like you literally open a door and then queen's blood hits you in the face basically yeah they're, they're <laughs> like, and you're like you're learning this right now welcome to rebirth here's your queen's blood deck uh mandatory please uh do I mean, the tutorial now <laughs> i mean you've beaten the game eric truly i i mean again we're not diving into spoilers but yeah. i think it's chapter five is like you're playing Queen's Blood the whole time, and I was I yes. went out of my way to try to skip it. I which is I know blasphemy. <laughs> I you just don't, can skip it. You, you there's, can. There's an option to skip it. You still have to do some of it. But. Yeah, so you, and it and it throws you into you a shouldn't. very confusing cutscene if you skip Queen's Blood, and all of a sudden something very odd is happening you and need it's... to see that cutscene though that so, is like one yes. of the best cutscenes in the game <laughs> speaking of wait haunted, kyle do you, do, do you just like do you just not, not like mm, the, mm. do you just not like queen's blood like do you just not like the card game what's um, the problem i i it's a weird thing i mean yes to be blunt i, I don't <laughs> want to play a card game in rebirth that's not what i signed up to play like i i i want to engage in the action and the story and this is even even when it's force fed to you and which again like i am alone on this island i even the game is not were out you yet a, at the were you a gwent guy no no <laughs> i'm a i am barely <laughs> a solitaire guy were you a guy. You're, not, kid? you're not playing balatro <laughs> no. either i was not a Yu-Gi-Oh kid i never no, played I, magic you know how often i challenge kyle to duels and he just says he just ignores me <laughs> so i've literally got trading day. cards in front of me yeah <laughs> i've never played pokemon and like i said I I'm alone in this. Everyone loves Queen's Blood. And yeah, you are alone, I, and that's and that's fine. But at, at, at this point, and you now, always will be, Kyle. And I always will be. At this point now, it, playing the game, it is comical to be someone who's like, I just I'm not going to play that part of the game. Thank you, I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort you guys put in here. But can I please hit something with a sword? That'd be great. And like the game is kind of like, oh, well, we can we can do that for you, but it's going to be a little strange. And I'm like. That's fine as long as I get to the next cutscene. <laughs> I'm just I, saying, Kyle. You're the reason and... people ask if video games cause violence, Kyle. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kyle, you're missing out and 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 Eric hitting something with a sword. I I'm gonna be fascinated to hear your thoughts on this then, Kyle, as like you hit the end of the game, because if I can levy one 
non-spoiler criticism towards Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. This game loves mini games. It loves yeah. giving you things to do that are not like active <sighs> battles in Final Fantasy VII. There are oh, so I, many. I'm on I'm on chapter eight or seven. So like I'm I'm in it. You know. Oh, and I've there's I've so many I've more mini games. <laughs> done a lot of you know races, and I've done a lot of pressing button prompts when they appear <laughs> mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say this game is 80, 20 mini games to I mean, story content and our cover story? Something yeah. like that. But I mean, any original game had a lot of mini games too. So they just looked at that and said bet, basically. There's yeah. one. I, I, I actually think like the quality of them is is pretty high. They're well uh, done. Yeah. There's there's sure. just a lot of them, which I think is the actual issue is like they, they made them pretty well, but there is a lot of them so even like the amount becomes notable but there is one again spoiler content can't say what it is but i know that when people get there they're going to want to throw their dual sense of the wall over this one i i oh, wish wow. i could remove one mini game from yeah, can you, can you, you need a chapter version. zone yeah yeah can you, like do you know what chapter it was in it was like it's like 10 or 11 it's pretty okay, late so it's in the pretty game deep. that's like even okay. like describing the characters and like area that it takes place in would venture into places that i don't want to like tease for people that's that's the weird thing is like it's not like i play the mini games and i'm like this sucks even queen's blood i'm not like this sucks it's just the Mm. thing is so often is like i'm not really that interested in doing this you guys like have you you, met the crime it keeps drawing your attention away because you're like you're in the middle of something and then they're like hey look over here hey look over here and i like that when i'm at the golden saucer and i kind of just want to like bounce around and have fun but when I'm in the middle of like a really big, you know, exploring the world, getting involved in the story, and then all of a sudden it's like, do a rhythm mini game. I'm like, really? Like, you know, okay, this is weirdly reminding me of this is so left field. I apologize. Is Riders Republic? You'd be okay. like, yeah, downhill dirt biking. Dude, I'm in the zone. It's like on the radio, hey man, why don't you stop by over here and let's do some tricks together? Um, and it's like, leave me alone, dude. It, Let me just cyberpunk. Ride. Cyberpunk in the cell phone at launch was one of the most annoying things in the world oh, because right. I'd be in the middle of like a really like story involved mission, and then all of a sudden someone would be like on my phone being like, Hey V, I'm selling my car. You want to buy my car? And I'm like, I'm in the middle yeah. of like a very important gunfight right now, and you're like <laughs> interrupting. Yeah. Um, I guess we can blame yeah. Grand Theft Auto for for that. You know what? Oh, I was about to say yeah. games need it's, to do. Cousin. It's not yeah. your cousin calling you up to go bowling. That is not what rebirth is, right? Yeah. It's I am on the main path. The main path. Yeah. I am I am going to the marker to see what is going to happen next and it's like rhythm time. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, okay. Dance break." Exactly. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of a bummer because I do also think one of the best strengths of Rebirth is how often it gives you time to just see these characters interact with each other and do things together. It's like a very good uh, hanging out, chill time with a really good RPG party. And you can tell that they took, you know, this is now one game that has been like drawn out into three and you can feel that at parts, but they use that space to really just give you time with these characters hanging out, having conversations, talking about each other. Uh, in ways that I think adds a lot of depth to these characters. Uh, but also, yeah, you really just feel that this is the middle part of a game that got stretched out over three. And so for as much as I like the combat, I think the combat's way better than in Rebirth than it was in Remake. I think they've really like solidified that system. Uh, kind of wish you got to do like more of it, especially on the main path. 
like you can find good stuff but it's, it's always available yeah. to get into combat right but it's like i don't want to have to talk to chadley every time i want to get in a fight oh, god <laughs> chadley showing up like cloud <laughs> chadley we've noticed that you're available for medicare <laughs> <laughs> um god uh, yeah yeah it's... i guess I, I i i do feel like i'm sounding very negative like there's no world where i i don't finish this game and i'm not nostalgic for the original i've never played seven more than a couple hours like i this this world here is cool it's beautiful to look at the combat is so good it's just it's so it's more like that it's not that i'm like upset or mad or think it's bad as much as i'm just like constantly confused and just kind of like why am I doing this exactly? Like that's sort of what I feel like a lot, which is which is not what I expected to feel playing Rebirth. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a great game, and I really do love it. At the end of the day, but I think I love it for all its like ups and downs, and it's like it is important to talk about those flaws. I think there there are a lot of people that are very excited, and I think you should be excited. I think if you like Final Fantasy, if you like big RPGs, if you like just big games with lots of stuff to do in them like you're not hurting for that this year in terms of like persona yakuza and this and they're all really good but uh it is worth like noting this stuff because i think this is the point where now kind of the honeymoon phase of remake is over we're in the middle of the trilogy we're in the two towers part of it and we're gonna see like as that dough gets stretched, we're going to start to see the light kind of come through a little bit. And that's that's how I felt playing Rebirth. Marcus, where are you? Because you're, you're a little further than Alex, at least, right? Like, Yeah. Actually, if you watched... You have uh, to be. No, <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely am. Um, if you actually watched uh, our Twitch channel, I streamed um, right. yeah. where I'm at now, uh, which is uh, maybe towards the end of Chapter 4. Like, so okay. still in, in, in Junon, but I'm at a point where, like... I'm about to transition to another part of it. Uh, so I've been just going around doing like <clears throat> the open world stuff, like the hunts and the, the, the summon stuff. And, and of course, uh, Queen's blood, I, I'm the <laughs> Queen's blood master. I have a, a level four Queen's blood, like champion waiting for me that I need to go uh, put in his place. Um, <laughs> and also playing for Condor, which is also very fun. And I like the, uh, I, I like the narrative conceit of Fort Condor <laughs> just for an excuse to, have high res versions of the original models of the characters from OG seven. And there's a world where it's like, there's an alternate universe where final fan seven remake just looks like this. Like they were like, yeah, we remade it. It's just <laughs> the same models, but just nicer, <laughs> That'd be uh, right. you know, or just like higher fidelity. But yeah, I, you know, I echo a lot of things that you guys have said so far. Uh, I haven't played enough to start seeing the like stretchiness of it yet, you know, but like, I, I love the I think it's gorgeous like yeah. like this is one of those games where you can see the millions of dollars pouring out of every surface of the game mm-hmm. um they use the literal point- dollar bills to to render all the textures somehow if you, you go into in the photo mode you zoom in you see you know United States presidents in uh, people yeah clothes. like the, the computer had like a like a cash slot that they just fed money <laughs> yeah. into to render the game um, flattening out the bills you know trying to like get everything. oh and spit it back out <laughs> yeah and like um like I said the combat's fantastic I, I love kind of digging more into that and I I, I just love like I'm a Final Fantasy VII fan. Like, I, I love the original game. I'm enjoying that this game is taking even more of its time to give you those moments with the cast. And like, hey, you know, 
go build your relationship with Red 13. Go talk to him for a bit. See what he has to say. See the little smiley mm-hmm. face change all over his head. And then I get really happy when it's like, oh, you were like indifferent before, but now we're like, we're buds. Cause I said something I get that I guess you like. I'm I want this, I guess, because I like this <laughs> cast enough to care about that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm like as excited to keep doing that stuff as I am to get to the, of course, the big plot stuff. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm absolutely going to finish it because I'm a Final Fantasy VII fan and I'm, I I want to get to the end so bad. Like I'm envious. It's like I'm not envious of not having to review it because that game's huge and like playing it under that deadline as you know, evidenced by Wesley LeBlanc, who did review it for us, is like stressful. But like, you know, him and you know, you two, Eric, you guys are like, you guys are the special people on the other side where you don't have to worry about spoilers now because you've already <laughs> yeah. seen it. Like, yeah. you, you can just kick your head, kick back, and say, "I can get used to this." The steal from Ben Hansen. Uh, <laughs> so it's you, like, you would think that I'm now actually more terrified that I'm going to accidentally spoil something for somebody. It's it's like <laughs> I'm sure. it's like I'm holding the kryptonite and I'm trying not to sit next to Superman. You know, like I'm trying to be like, <laughs> if only Superman was really recognizable, so you didn't. Sit next yeah, to him, I keep sitting next to these dudes know? in glasses, and they just get like really weird. It's yeah, well, he's here he's yeah. as Clark Kent for an interview. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you don't know it's superman i don't know why i chose that analogy it was a really unwieldy analogy i chose Uh, played a lot of suicide squad no i have not i actively (laughs) avoid that game like kryptonite but (laughs) i i beat it i saw credits on that game (laughs) what do you say it's worth it you tell me because i'm probably i'm about to beat it I, I, I'm pretty, not, I'm pretty not close. To, not to tangent us too much, but I actually started that game. Like, I think I like this. Like, this is cool stuff here. Like the first two or three hours, and now it, now that it's in the in the rear view, and like the last couple hours, I was like, oh boy, that they they really spent a lot of time on that, didn't they? They <laughs> that's where the, that's where we ended the Arkham universe. Okay, I it, I really got bummed out at the end of that game. I think I'm gonna YouTube it, TikTok it. With subway servers at yeah. the bottom. I'll yeah. get increments of the story in 60 seconds. You just message me in Slack year. what happened. I actually <laughs> almost did that, Kyle, because I am... It's weird. This just turned into Suicide Squad. But um, like I, I've gotten to the other side. Like I'm in the end game, I guess we'll say. Where it's like, okay, this must be ending pretty soon because of things. And I kind of want to ask you, like, am I... Is it? Am I close? <laughs> yeah. The one positive quote unquote, I guess I could say about that is after I, I, I had finished like a dragon after that. And then like I, I played that and beat it before moving on to rebirth. And it was a nice little, it was like six hours total. And I was, it felt like nothing. It felt like, you know, a, a boss fight in like a dragon. It was like my time with suicide squad. So it's not very long if that's an incentive for you. The point of this discussion is saying you should pro- you should really finish Suicide Squad before you finish or start. <laughs> start if you yeah. start, you know, if it's you start out today. Now, <laughs> you can yeah, it's, by it's the time your download's as, done. Yeah, so mm-hmm. don't don't play Rebirth until you finish Suicide Squad. Eat your veggies. It's part of the compilation of FF Seven. You, it's really <laughs> cool. yeah. it's actually a mini game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, t- a ten hour mini game. Yes. It's all of a yeah. sudden, like Cloud's like you had, now you have to play Suicide Squad, and he just sits down in front of a TV with a and it opens up a different app, zooms in on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, we have reached the end of the show. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for listening. We do have some housekeeping, real quick. We've got a fun little video up on the YouTube channel that uh, Marcus and Kyle did called Segway Showdown yeah. uh, featuring Like a Dragon. 
and Final Fantasy. Uh, it's a it's a weird video, but it's a fun video. Uh, yeah. Thank you for chatting <laughs> it out, Alex. I, it's I, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out. Like I was, I'd been talking about it with Marcus, and I was like, I don't know if, if this is quite gonna work. But we literally play the two games side by side and do a bunch of segue competitions to see. Yeah, what... I mean, it reminds me of of uh, Six Stunts. Yes, if if you liked the Six Stunts videos, if you know what I'm talking about, it's structured a little bit like that. So yeah, absolutely check that out. It's it's fun. Go check it out on the YouTube channel now. It should be live. It will it it will be live. I know it's already scheduled. And um, while you're over there, be sure to subscribe to us. Um, we've got a lot of videos coming. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. We stream Fridays at 2 p.m. We stream Super Replay. How how is uh how's Zelda going? How's Majora's Mask going? Majora's Mask is going well. You know, last week we didn't do any uh, dungeons. We did some side or like attempted to do side stuff, filling out the world. Uh, the world. Uh, we ran into a bird who stole a lot of important <laughs> stuff. I I've, I've lost a bottle, and that is upsetting. It happened to me last week, too, didn't yeah. it? Well, we reloaded the safe state, so that doesn't <laughs> exist right. anymore. But we, I still don't have a bottle, which is also very valuable. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah so I, maybe this week we might see if we can get that back and maybe do a second dungeon. We'll see. Yeah, and of course, we are streaming throughout the week. Marcus streamed Final Fantasy VII Rebirth today. Um, and earlier this week, you all played Helldivers. I, I, I joined you for your last dive. Yeah, shot you in the head. Mission. Yeah, you did shoot me in the head. <laughs> And you said I walked into your bullet, but I remember standing still <laughs> as that happened. Yeah, I, I don't the, know. It's weird. I think the wind blew. Oh, yeah, I think we said uh, you blew, might have stick drift, bullets. or maybe I have stick drift. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. You know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It does happen. Um, so, yeah, throughout the week, we're streaming over on Twitch. Um, if you want to support Game Informer, uh, help us keep the lights on, uh, head over to GameStop.com slash Game Informer. Grab a version of the physical magazine for $7.99. Or, of course, you can get a digital subscription uh, in a multitude of ways. Head over to GameInformer.com slash magazine to do that. Uh, Eric, thank you for, for giving us your time today. Where can people find you? Is there anything you want to point them to to go check out? Yeah, you can find my writing by day over at Destructoid.com. Uh, we're doing a lot of writing over there right now, mainly for uh, Rebirth. But if you're looking for unicorn stuff, uh, I'll be doing all of our coverage there for that. Over by night, you can find me, uh, Axe the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast with Kat Bailey and Nadia Oxford. Uh, we are now streaming every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, where we talk about RPG news and the latest topics. So of course, Rebirth, a lot to talk about that. Uh, so we're now streaming at twitch.tv slash bloodgodpod. I'm also going to restart my first time playthrough of Chrono Trigger at some point. Oh. Uh, that was going pretty strong and we were actually like near the end that I want to finish that game so we can get around to doing my first time playthrough of FF6, which is our next game. First so, time FF6. Yeah. Look, so I didn't I didn't grow up with like a Super Nintendo. My first console was a PlayStation, gotcha. so I missed a lot of big okay. ones. That's uh, my favorite so, Final Fantasy, so I'm excited for you. I have somehow gone largely unspoiled on FF6 oh, nice. and Chrono Trigger over the years. Uh, so getting to experience these games uh, as they are has been pretty, pretty fun. So we'll get back to that at some point. Uh, you can find us there. We also have a 14 Final Fantasy 14 uh, focused side project called Charlie and Dropouts that's over there. Uh, and then also Normandy FM with my good friend Kenneth Shepard, where we kind of do a book club through various games. We are currently doing the Near series. Uh, we're in the middle of Replicant right now. It is like my 
third time playing that game uh, and Ken's first time. But we've also done a bunch of other stuff about Mass Effect, Dragon Age, The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, just like playing through those games, bringing guests on to talk about them. Uh, We have a giant back catalog. We actually find a lot of people will follow us and listen to our back catalog more than they listen to the (laughs) current episodes. (laughs) So uh, go check that out if you like that and support that stuff. Uh, This is a really good time to support the content creators that you like. If you haven't been paying attention to media news and industry news lately, uh, please go support every content creator whose stuff you like, whether that is me or these fine folks here or anyone else in the industry. Uh, it's really important to back the people that make the stuff that you dig. So please do that. Well said. Uh, lastly, I want to shout out our podcast editor, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. They host uh, two podcasts. Well, they host two video game podcasts, Fun and Games and Reignite, which is their Bioware podcast. And then go check out All Things Nintendo, which is our other weekly podcast. That comes out Fridays, hosted by Brian Shea. That's going to do it uh, for this week. Oh, real quick, go and follow this crew on social media. Follow Eric at Seamoosey, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. Follow Marcus at MarcusStewart7. Kyle at Kyle M. Hilliard. And you can follow me at It's Van Aken. That's going to do it for this week. And and Blake again at Metallica. At Metallica is rad. Metallica is rad. Uh, he He is only on... I think he's actually on Blue Sky now as well, oh. but uh, uh, barely, barely three <laughs> months ago. Just go follow him on Twitter slash X at Metallica is rad. And um, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Thursday, everybody. Bye.